Hi, and welcome to the Online Education Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. I'm Alex, your host. If you're thinking about organizing a webinar, this is the episode to listen to. I'm going to talk to Doug and ask him what he have learned so far managing several webinars. And the advice he share is very practical and you can uh, use them instantly. So, um, Doug, it's time to roll the jingle. So, Doug, how is the weather? <laughs> You're trying to make me jealous now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's as you would expect in Gothenburg in uh, autumn. It rained all day yesterday and uh, was raining sideways for a bit and blowing a gale. And but, uh, but yeah, let's not talk about the weather in Spain. Let's just move on. No. <laughs> Pretty good. But uh, how are you, first of all? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, a busy, busy time at Zoom at the moment, I would say, um, which is always good. It feels like everyone's uh, got full up high energy. So today I was thinking that we could talk a bit about the webinars. And uh, you have actually arranged a couple of webinars during this year for Zuma. Mm. How many are they? Uh, three or four, I would say. Um, and, and I think really webinars, I suppose you could say, is still fairly new for Zuma. I think the first ones we did, I might be wrong here, but um, at least for customers were uh, at the end of 2020. And that was not a typical webinar like a presentation but um training sessions and we did a three-part training session uh, for our customers in email marketing if i remember right and then we did a similar training series of webinars the start of 2021 which were about abm account-based marketing speaking about the the concept and the method and also a bit about hubspot and, and what kind of tools you can use to uh, do abm with hubspot and then we moved away from the training setup and uh, had a webinar with Martin Ray, our colleague, um, which was a digital outlook uh, webinar. So Martin is, is, you know, very knowledgeable and a good analyst and knows a lot about trends and, you know, where things are going when it comes to online digital. So that was kind of a 20 minute presentation about, you know, what's going on online, basically, and how companies need to change to adapt to it. So yeah, what was that? Three, three or four. Yeah, and then also we have another one uh, coming soon, which again isn't so much a, a training, but um, we're basically going to show how we work with sales and CRM because over the last few years there's been a bit of a journey at Zuma where we've changed how we work with CRM and how we approach sales and stuff like that, which we think works quite well. So the idea of this webinar is to basically show what we do and encourage the people attending to do the same thing, basically. And what is your role in these uh, webinars? What what have you done? My role for the people watching, I've been the kind of glamorous host, you know, like uh, at the beginning, you come in and, you know, you wait in the webinar and there's someone there saying, hi, welcome and giving an introduction and explaining the what the setup is what the schedule is and things like that so that's what i've done live during the webinars and then again at the end been a bit of a moderator because we usually have like a q a session um, where people send in their questions and 
then we answer them with whoever's presenting. So that's kind of the the role I have during the actual webinar. But then before that, I've worked a lot with uh, actually setting setting the whole thing up. So you know, creating the webinar and the tool, the, the choosing a webinar platform first of all, and um, you know, doing all the technical setup and then making the invitations and you know, figuring out how the registration should work and that kind of thing, which is, is quite a lot of work behind that. Yeah. Could you, could we like go through like a timeline until the first idea of the webinar until it's finished? What, what are the different steps there? There, it does take quite a lot of preparation, which isn't surprising, I suppose, but because really once you've sent out the invitation to everyone, then the pressure's on, you know, you can't send out an invitation to a bunch of customers or something and then send another email a week later saying, oh, sorry, no, we, we haven't really had time to sort this out, so it's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're, and then I suppose we, you know, we, we haven't made quite that big of a mistake, you know, but I think we've learned over time just the, the importance of, of preparation. So, yeah, anyway, you know, the first thing is is to kind of decide that you want to have a webinar. Um, and then what we've done, certainly for the most recent one, is is focused on getting all the content, or at least 95% of the content, so the actual presentation, the thing you're going to show during this webinar, getting all that ready or very close to ready first um, before you send out the invitations and start promoting it and get people to sign up because that just makes your life a lot easier. You know, you, you, we generally send out the invitations two or three weeks before the actual date. And, you know, it can happen. Yeah, well, you know, stuff comes up, doesn't it? You know, it, you send out the invitation and in those two weeks, you think, great, I've got two weeks to do the, do the presentation for this webinar. But then something happens, you have to change your priorities. And, you know, there's always a mad rush in the last few days to get everything ready. And, um, and that's not what you want because you want, you know, you want, to, you want the content to be good. So, yeah, we, we finalized all the content first, send out the invitations. Generally, what we've done in the past for our webinars is had uh, two different sessions on the same the same presentation, the same topic, but one of them is for customers and the other is for everyone else. Um, the content is generally the same, um, but, you know, when it's our customers there, perhaps in the Q&A session, then we can, uh, we can focus on different areas because we know, you know, what their priorities are and what they're focusing on. Um, yeah, so you send out the invitations, then the actual webinar happens. And is that live, the webinar? or? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, because, I mean, yeah, generally, you know, when you join webinars, they, they are live. But more recently, in the past couple of webinars we've done, we've actually pre-recorded the presentation bit. So we it's kind of a hybrid webinar, I suppose. So there's elements that are live. So the introduction that I mentioned is live me you know welcoming everyone the q a has to be live obviously because people write their questions right then during the webinar and we need to be able to respond but the the main part so the actual presentation or whatever the main part of the webinar is we've recorded that in advance and we've just switched between the live bit start playing this pre-recorded video and then switch back to live again at the end exactly like uh Kalanka on christmas you're the christmas host <laughs> yeah. welcoming and then put it on but we don't exactly, do the yeah. same. We don't do the same video every. It's not the same one. No. every year. No, no. That's a good. Although I am sat on a rocking chair in front of the fireplace. Yeah. Welcoming <laughs> everyone. I like a candle, and then we start the presentation. Yeah. No, but uh, I know that we we started to elaborate a bit with that pre-recording. And what what are your thoughts so far with it? Is it better or? 
Um, it's, I mean, it's, you can't really argue with the fact that it's better for the people hosting the webinar mm. because, you know, when you record the main part, say like a week in advance, you have time to edit it a little bit. If there's, if there's, you're recording it and someone says something wrong and they want to just start that sentence over, then you can cut that out. Although, you know, it doesn't need to be totally without any mistakes. Um, but that's, you know, reassuring that you have the opportunity to kind of check and edit and make small changes and make it look nice. And another very important thing is when you record it, you know how much time it's going to take. You know, if you have the presentation video and it's 20 minutes long, you know that you're not going to go over time. You're just playing a video, which is very good because it's, it's, it's stressful if you uh, have a webinar that's scheduled from, you know, three to half past three and it gets to 28 minutes past three and you're not even three quarters of the way through the presentation. You know, it's, it's not good for you and it's not good for the people watching either. So certainly from our internal perspective and what is comfortable and less stressful for us, it's much, much better to pre-record. But the thing is, uh, you know, I was concerned the, the, the first time we did it that how are people going to react to this, you know, because you expect a webinar to be live. But do you notice um, as a viewer that it's pre-recorded? Yeah, you do. You do. And I, I think that is kind of important to mention because, to, I mean, as the host of the webinar to mention that this presentation is pre-recorded, it's, you know, it's not live, but we're going to come back live at the end. Because that was my worry uh, the first time that people were going to feel cheated or tricked or something, you know, because you expect a webinar to be live. And even no matter how smoothly you do it, I think people will notice the difference between the live part and when the video starts, you know? Um, so I think it's best just to be transparent. And what, what we've said the first time is, you know, we're just experimenting. We're trying this out. Uh, we've pre-recorded the presentation. We've done it since then. And in both, both the sessions where our customers have been joining and, and on the other sessions where we've had, you know, people who know Zoom or maybe even people who, you know, just saw the promotion for the webinar on social media or something who've joined, um, we've got good feedback. You know, we haven't had any comments saying this was rubbish. It was pre-recorded, you know, <laughs> but I mean, if you do do pre-recorded it, there needs to be something extra, you know, because if you're just showing a video and nothing else, then why have you made people register and, and set aside half an hour of their time? You know, you could have just sent a link to a video or something. So it's good to also have the kind of live, more interactive elements. So maybe like a poll or something, or even them, you can question, you know, how valuable they are if it was just the video, but really the Q&A at the end where people have the chance to, to get answers to the questions that have come up during the presentation um, is essential, really, if you're going to pre-record it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I went away on a big tangent there, but um, but yeah, pre-recording is better for us as the hosts and the, the people who are actually creating this webinar. And certainly in our experience, and I mean my personal experience when I've joined webinars that have had pre-recorded elements, um, it's, it's good for the viewers as well, for the participants. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's the, the, the webinar-like step. And yeah. what's happening after? After um, we always send out the recording and the presentation afterwards, which is a, a fairly standard thing. You know, anyone who's joined a webinar, usually you get an email afterwards uh, where you can access the recording or the presentation or some materials. Um, we also always make that clear even before people register. You know, we say even if you don't have time to join on the scheduled date, sure, you'll miss out on the Q&A or whatever, but you'll still get something. Um, 
which is good, you know, because then you don't need to wait for people to have half an hour free on a particular day to actually, you know, get in contact with you and, and listen to, to what you have to say. So uh, we do that. And then also um, for our own benefit, we send out a feedback survey afterwards, just a short NPS asking for some comments, feedback, um, which is also very useful because, um, you know, then you can improve for the next time. And it's kind of hard, uh, it's kind of hard with that, with, with anything that you produce, you know, um, to, to see yourself what could be improved. But it's especially the case with webinars, just because that, that kind of scheduling period is so long, you know, maybe by the time the webinar actually comes around, you've been working on the presentation for like a month and, you know, you've been stressing over all the, the registrations and the automation to sort out the technical aspect of people signing up and emails and things. So when it's over, you're, you're not really in a position to assess how, how good it was. So, yeah, so that's what we do. Yeah. So the listeners who are about to have a webinar or thinking about having a webinar, what challenges will they face during uh, their planning and uh, yeah, during the webinar? Yeah, um, I think one of the challenges they'll face is um, choosing how to do it, what platform to do it on. Have, have you tried different platforms? Yeah, I've tried a few. Um, I know uh, certainly over since you know since Corona arrived, there's probably been an increase in the number of webinars that are broadcast every day and i know a few companies or, or organizations have tried to do a kind of webinar in like teams or something and just turn a regular like group call into a, a webinar but i would recommend actually choosing a proper webinar tool um what tool have you used yeah well we've we've used zoom um mm. which is good because we use zoom every day at work so you know i'm very familiar with zoom it works very well. We've also used a tool called Webinar Geek, mm. which is also quite good. And then also I've been testing another tool, which is called 23, which is also quite good. But really, the important thing if, if you're going to pre-record is to choose a platform that allows you to do that, obviously, in a good way. That was partly why we chose Webinar Geek for the first time, because they have a, a nice tool that allows you to switch between video and live. It's the same with 23. Um, Zoom also has, you can also share a video in Zoom, but when the video is up, the video is playing for the, for the participants and the cameras are still up, up at the top, the cameras are the people presenting. So it's kind of slightly weird experience for the viewer because they're watching a video with a presentation where like, you know, Anders or someone is presenting something and then they can also see Anders just like staring into his camera up at the top. It's, oh, it's yeah. a small <laughs> thing, but I think it's a bit odd. Um, yeah. But that's the thing, like with all of these platforms, some of them have strengths and some of them have weaknesses and features that you would like to have that are missing. So it's even before you start with the content, it's probably a good idea to just test a few of them out and see which one you like the best. Yeah. So that's one challenge. Uh, the second challenge is um, who's going to do presenting, um, which sounds a bit odd, but, I, you know, for a lot of companies, and again, with Corona and things, you know, webinars are a completely new thing for them. I associate webinars with kind of more modern or, you know, there's always been a lot of agencies and marketing companies that have done webinars. But when it comes to, you know, large traditional B2B companies, a lot of them have a bit, been a bit slower to adopt webinars. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily sure that you'll have someone in your team and your company that's really comfortable in front of the camera and you know yeah i'd really love to be a presenter for this webinar um that's maybe even quite rare you know um so yeah that's that's the tricky thing and that's also why i would probably encourage 
people to at least if, if they're having their first webinar ever or if this is a new thing for them to pre-record the presentation because then even if you have a presenter um, who's very knowledgeable about the topic but maybe isn't the super comfortable you know doing a live webinar to a large group of people then it's a bit less nervous and you'll probably get a better presentation if they can just record it ahead of time in their own time without an audience you know so yeah, those are probably the the two biggest challenges: finding a platform and you know the the strange task of making a presentation just to a camera when you can't actually see your audience. You know, the other thing is kind of sort themselves out. You know, you need to do some technical things. Like certainly in our case, we use HubSpot as our platform for everything related to online. So what we would like always like to do if we can is allow people to register for the webinar on our site with one of our own HubSpot forms that we've made and then get their registration over to the webinar platform that we're using. So there needs to be an integration then. Um, but those kinds of things, you know, you you can figure it out. That's the easy part compared to everything else, really. Oh, well, great. Thank you very much for sharing uh, your reflections and learning so far. No worries. Thank you. Anything else you would like to mention about webinars before we end? No, nothing else to add apart from good luck with your webinars. Yeah, great. Thank you very much, Doug. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to the Online Vacation Pod. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. You can also use the RSS feed to listen through the podcast app of your choice. You can find it on zuma.se. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.